Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report, today for May the 7th of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry, hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week. It's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoy the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. But we have plenty of news stories to dive into today. First off, the division is getting even bigger. Then we have some PlayStation 5 news. A new model could be on the way. And on top of that, Randy Pitchford is saying some very strange things. But eh, what else is new? So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. First off, an update on the Tom Clancy's The Division universe. This comes from the Ubisoft blog. When we launched Tom Clancy's The Division in 2016, the team at Ubisoft Massive and all of our studios around the world had high ambitions for what was then the first completely original IP under the Tom Clancy's umbrella since 2009. Not to mention, it was also an ambitious game unlike anything Ubisoft had produced before. Thanks to you, our fans, the reception to The Division exceeded our expectations, breaking multiple Ubisoft records. You continued showing phenomenal support in the years since, playing with and against each other across major post-launch content for the original game. You also came along with us for the highly anticipated launch of The Division 2, making it one of the most successful games of 2019, and its 2020 expansion, The Division 2 Warlords of New York, the most active in the game's history. Through all of this, you have created an incredible community of over 40 million players, setting the franchise on an expanding trajectory that now includes more games and more transmedia content set within the Division universe that we are unveiling today. While work continues on The Division 2, other Ubisoft teams have been exploring additional ways to introduce The Division to even more players. Today, we are pleased to share that Tom Clancy's The Division Hardland, a free-to-play game set in the Division universe, is in development at our Red Storm studio. Having worked on Tom Clancy games since 1997, its extensive experience across numerous genres and games, most recently The Division and The Division 2, makes Red Storm a perfect fit for this project. Heartland is a standalone game that does not require previous experience with the series, but will provide an all-new perspective on the universe in a new setting. The game will be made available in 2021 to 2022 on PC, consoles, and cloud. Those interested in participating in its early test phases can sign up here. Hardland is not the only new game in development. The Division will also be coming to mobile platforms for the very first time, bringing the universe to an even wider audience. We'll have more details on this exciting project at a later date. As previously announced, brand new content will be coming to The Division 2, with development led by Ubisoft Massive and support from Ubisoft Bucharest. While it's still too early to discuss any specific details, this update will include an entirely new game mode for The Division franchise and new methods for leveling your agents, with an emphasis on increasing build variety and viability. We look forward to revealing more later this year ahead of the content's late 2021 release. And if that's not enough, we also have the Division Film and Development with Netflix, thanks to Ubisoft Film and Television. Inspired by the events of the original game, the film will star Jessica Chastain and Jake Gyllenhaal, and we recently announced that Ross and Marshall Thurber is at the helm as director. This film also marks the first big step in a broader plan to expand the Division Universe's transmedia offerings. With that in mind, we're revealing an original novel coming from our publishing partners at Aconite. This new story is set after the events of The Division 2 and explores how the outbreak affects different regions of the United States as agents fight to secure supply routes. 
It's an exciting time to be a fan, and we can't thank you enough for your continued support of The Division. And we also want to thank all of our teams that continue to improve, grow, and expand upon its universe. We know many of you are eagerly awaiting more details on all of these projects, and we'll be sure to share them as soon as we are ready. So stay tuned. That's all for now. Signing off, Elaine Kaur, Executive Director of Ubisoft EMEA. I believe I said that name correctly. But there is your timeline for the Tom Clancy's The Division universe. You have The Division 2 Warlords of New York released here. Then you have Heartland. The Division 2 is then getting new content. Then you see the mobile game released, followed by the novel, followed by the movie. So if you wanted to learn the order of operations, there you have it. Cool to see. I think that this is going to be a very big win for The Division as an entity, as an IP, because of this free-to-play accessibility. And on top of that, it makes sense to offer some kind of free-to-play offering for The Division because of the type of game that it is. The more players that are in this game, the better off the game will be. In a way, I believe The Division should follow the exact route that you see Bungie taking with Destiny 2, where it is largely free to play at this point. And so therefore, you can grow the base of players and you can really generate hype around these new events that are happening in game and generate revenue from alternative routes as compared to your traditional pay 60 to $70 for a brand new game and then potentially 40 to $50 for expansion kind of model. Uh, Heartland, of course, has no defense. Definitive release date again releasing sometime between 2021 and 2022 so that is very exciting coming up pretty soon in the grand scheme of things but I can't wait to dive in and give this one a shot. I did not get into The Division 2. I played a good bit of the original Division, uh, but I began to fall off after a bit. I'm not a big grindy kind of guy when it comes to the destinies of the world. And when it comes to the big grind fest that you tend to see in that kind of game, just not really my cup of tea. But I enjoy the gameplay of The Division. I think it does a lot of things very, very well. And so a free-to-play game that offers me the opportunity to dive in and give stuff a shot without commitment, uh, in the same way that I would feel committed to a game that I just paid 60 or $70 for is something that is certainly enticing to me. My question is, what does this mean when it says it's coming to PC, consoles, and cloud? Does that insinuate Stadia? Does that insinuate other services? Uh, I suppose we will wait and see. Of course, we have GeForce Now potentially on the way, but does that include uh, potentially coming to Game Pass, uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming? Or does that include PlayStation Now? We'll see what that entails. Regardless, exciting time to be a The Division fan, and on top of that with movies and books on the way, I'm sure that it will just continue to grow year after year. But when Heartland eventually releases, you can absolutely play it on the PlayStation 5, and it looks like many of you might be playing that on a brand new designed PlayStation 5. Although the design itself is not changing, although the power and performance of this console is not changing, they are changing the production of the device according to a Taiwanese report that will instead make the PlayStation 5 cheaper and more easy to produce to help boost that productivity to help boost those production lines. But in short, it's going to be a new semi-customized 6 nanometer CPU from AMD versus the 5 nanometer that is currently in use in the machine. And once again, I do want to reiterate, there is nothing here that is going to change the performance of the machine. Now, I will say, with every new design that a company presents, there is the opportunity for something to go awry. So this could be something uh, that comes in Q2 or Q3 2022, as said here on VG. 
24-7 because this does take extensive testing. This does take a lot of double checking to ensure that the experience remains the same across all variations of the hardware. Because then you would see a disparity between the first run of PlayStation 5s that we're seeing right now and those that would come in the future. Regardless, no matter how Sony changes their production line and no matter how Sony changes the way these consoles are getting into the hands of consumers, it's very important to get them into the hands of consumers because demand is very, very high right now. And a lot of people are looking for these PlayStation 5s. And the same could be said for Microsoft consoles with the Series X and the S. The Nintendo Switch, easier to come by now, but it was still a little bit difficult to find one in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, and so to be able to really hone in on getting that production and pipeline ironed out and to keep a steady stream of new consoles flowing that's going to be a big win for sony and if it doesn't impact the overall quality of the device if it doesn't impact the overall experience that someone is getting then by all means do what you have to do to get that cpu out there and to get these consoles into the hands of consumers because the next generation is here and more and more games are starting to turn towards the future rather than looking at that uh, bridge between last generation and new generation as an option and one of those games that will likely be completely next-gen is going to be Borderlands 4, and it looks like that is currently in development, to the surprise of no one. But Gearbox boss Randy Pitchford has denied a Borderlands spinoff and will say it will always lead development. This is coming from Randy Pitchford on Twitter, who went on a bit of a rant, if I'm being quite honest with you all. He said, I am told of rumors that Gearbox is assisting or co-developing another Borderlands game or a new spinoff game. These rumors are not accurate. Gearbox is lead dev of any future games in the Borderlands franchise or any Borderlands adjacent games with no co-development. Now, on top of that, he also continued to go on saying, we are definitely working on some amazing stuff that I hope will surprise and delight you. If anyone out there has skills to pay bills and wants to get in on some Borderlands action, we are working on the big one. Now, as reported on other outlets, not sure if they mention it here on VGC, Randy Pitchford traditionally refers to the next big numbered game in a franchise as the big one. That's what he did with Borderlands 3. And so it makes sense that this is probably the next big mainline Borderlands game. So if you're looking for a job, number one, Gearbox is hiring. Uh, number two, it seems there is not going to be a spinoff of any kind and that Gearbox is going to be driving the ship on the Borderlands franchise indefinitely going forward. This does make sense all things considered. Uh, but on top of that, I do want to comment on the hypothetical situation that they would already be developing Borderlands 4. Borderlands 2 had a very long stretch of time that it was the primo go-to looter shooter experience. Then Borderlands 3 dropped and it did not garner that same kind of fanfare. Not that it was bad, not that there was anything wrong with it, it just didn't have that same kind of magic. And so it makes sense to, instead of focusing on very long-tail development of Borderlands 3, to then turn towards the next item in the franchise and how you can improve that experience overall. So we'll see what comes of Borderlands. Uh, potentially you could see something at E3. I still think it's a bit too soon uh, since Borderlands 3 released to see anything new about Borderlands 4. But if you were looking forward to some kind of co-developed spinoff, it looks like that is not in fact going to happen.
But speaking of the E3 event coming up just about a month out from now, there is more news coming for those that are going to be participating in the show. The official E3 Twitter account writes, quote, Hope you're getting hungry because we've got more chefs in the kitchen for this year's E3 2021. Our newest additions, Square Enix, Sega, Bandai Namco, Xseed Games slash Marvelous USA, Gearbox Entertainment, Freedom Games, DVSI Entertainment, Turtle Beach, Verizon, and Binge.com. This is a very significant announcement because it shows more big names in the industry are turning back towards E3. Of course, a few weeks ago, you saw the announcement of big names like Microsoft and Nintendo coming back to this year's event. And we've all been talking shit, let's be honest with you, about E3 over the course of the past couple of years because the show has been on a downward decline. It used to be the world summit of gaming. It used to be a necessary event to get all of these platform holders together and to get these game developers and publishers together to showcase their items. And it's not needed in that kind of way anymore. But what E3 has the opportunity to do right now is to pivot and to become this unifying factor in the gaming industry, this unifying understanding that this is the event where you unveil all of your goods. This is the event where you contact the press. This is the event where you talk to the public. That's what E3 should become. In a way, it's kind of like a local art uh, festival where you see local artists from throughout the region coming together to show their wares and to sell what they've got to sell. That's what E3 should become for the larger gaming audience, because while you have these independent events that are held, it becomes difficult to keep up with all of this. I know Jeff Grubb, one of my favorite games journalists and reporters, uh, has the summer game mess where he's effectively making a giant list of everything happening throughout the summer. And between independent events that are scheduled and E3 itself and the summer game fest that Jeff Keighley is hosting, it's just becoming a bit overwhelming. And so to be able to get the biggest platform holders and the biggest developers and publishers and entities in the industry together for one unifying event really consolidates how much time has to be spent on this and lets the focus be more on the games themselves rather than on looking forward to all these big events. I love the week of E3. I adore it because it's jam-packed with news. And that is what I always looked forward to as a kid, when G4 would have their E3 coverage with X-Play and Attack of the Show, that was my peak of the year. That was the best part of my life. I loved that when that happened. And so to know that that's not something that other people are getting that we're not getting anymore uh, still bothers me to some degree. But all of that's to the side. It looks like E3 2021 is going to be much bigger than we first anticipated. And hopefully E3 becomes the go-to premier event for the gaming industry once again. Because while I do think it's archaic, while I do think that it's not needed anymore, I do think that the name recognition of E3 and the value that the ESA can bring through it, if used effectively, is worth keeping it around. But more games are on the way from E3. How about games we already have right now? Another one is getting a next generation upgrade. Remnant from the Ashes is getting a PS5 and Xbox Series X and S boost. We are incredibly excited to announce that on Thursday, May 13th, Remnant from the Ashes will receive a free major upgrade patch that will add the option to run the game at 4K resolution at 30 frames per second on the PlayStation 5 and Series X, or 1080p resolution at 60fps on both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series S and X. 
Also on May 13th, Remnant from the Ashes will be coming to Microsoft Store and Xbox apps for Windows 10 or accessed as part of the Xbox Game Pass for PC program. Each will have cross-play support for Xbox One and Series X and S players. Now is the best time to jump into Remnant, a third-person survival action shooter set in the post-apocalyptic world overrun by monstrous creatures. As one of the last remnants of humanity, you will set out alone or alongside up to two other players to face down hordes of deadly enemies and epic bosses and try to carve a foothold, rebuild, and then retake what was lost. Kind of disappointing to see that we're just getting 4K 30. It seems like that's kind of the last generation benchmark for the PlayStation 4 Pros and the Xbox Series X's, or I should say Xbox One X's of the world. Uh, but I suppose that's fine. Of course, you do have that 1080p 60. That's a big win there, especially on the Xbox Series S where that's really going to shine. But I do wish there was a bit more coming uh, from the team here. Regardless, it's nice to see a free update is on the way, alongside other free big updates that have come for a lot of last generation's biggest titles. Most recently on my mind is Metro Exodus, which is going to be getting a similar kind of treatment launching in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so stay tuned for that one as well. But if you're looking for more games to play, more and more of them are getting those next generation enhancements. Very exciting stuff to see. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about Tom Clancy's The Division Hardland and where The Division has come and where it's going as a franchise. Would love to hear your thoughts. And on top of that, do you think a PlayStation 5 hardware revision is actually on the way with a different kind of chip? Would love to hear your thoughts on that one as well. But until Monday, you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you soon. And 